Hello and welcome to the 162nd Photography Podcast. We're in 2021 and this is the first sort of audio I've recorded for the podcast in 2021. And not much has changed really from March 2020. I'm not, I'm still not doing photography. I probably say that every week. I'm not really doing any photography. Maybe you're not doing photography. Maybe now seems stricter than it was in, in the first wave of the pandemic here in the UK things are worse than they were when this initially started so I'm definitely staying at home I'm definitely not meeting people I'm definitely not doing anything but actually that's the way most of my 2020 has been I tried to minimize the risk to myself because I'm getting old and minimize the risk to my family as much as I can so as you know I have a YouTube channel I started the YouTube channel before I started the podcast First thing I did was the YouTube channel in terms of content creating about photography and I started that but YouTube is brilliant, it's free, everyone uses it, it's very popular but for me it wasn't everything, it didn't do everything that I wanted it to do. So let's forget all the comments and and the likes and the dislikes and all the stupidity that goes on. I wanted to also in terms of recording my shoots and doing tutorials and doing reviews. I wanted a talk about photography. I wanted a discussion. And YouTube isn't the platform for that. So I started my photography podcast. And a podcast really is the platform for a discussion. Interestingly, I put the podcast on YouTube and I got what I expected. I have some subscribers, but my listening levels are quite low because people who don't know it's the podcast will search for something come across it, click it, and think, oh, it's just some guy talking. It's not a video. And they'll they'll leave quite early. The attention span on YouTube is very short. Some of my podcasts can be an hour long, an episode. So someone might listen for 30 seconds and then, this isn't for me. This doesn't tell me what I want to know straight away. So YouTube wasn't the platform for this, basically. I still keep it on YouTube. I keep it up. And I do quite a lot of bulk episode uploading to try and catch up with things on the YouTube channel. So I'm currently in a period of doing some bulk uploading and refreshing the episodes and getting more episodes on YouTube. Although my time is better spent recording the episodes and then getting getting them out and, and sticking to the weekly format. So I was thinking, should anyone start a YouTube in 2021? There are all these photographers with ideas who want to be creative, stuck indoors or can't do what they would normally do particularly the hobbyist photographer, could they start a YouTube channel? And I realised I'd already done an episode on this. Should you start a YouTube channel in 2020? Now, in terms of YouTube, nothing's really changed from that year. Been no big changes. The biggest change in YouTube was when they opened up the partnership programme where anyone could make money on YouTube. And then they put in requirements for the partnership programme and it's made it a bit more difficult. So my YouTube channel, well, depends which YouTube channel you're talking about, but one qualifies for the partnership program and one doesn't because it's based on the number of subscribers and the number of views, number of watch hours, etc. So there haven't been any big changes in YouTube recently. Rather than do an episode about should you now turn to YouTube, just think I will replay my episode about should you do a YouTube in 2020. And the only thing I'm going to add to this episode is in the current situation, I found it very difficult to do photography episodes. So I've actually tended to do more software episodes. 
So I've been reviewing an awful lot of video editors so that people don't have to, but that is a whole other subject. So sit back, listen and enjoy my should you do a YouTube in 2020. Just where I say 2020, just think 2021. And I hope that helps you decide whether this is for you. Thank you and goodbye. Today's episode, I'm going to talk about should you start a photography YouTube in 2020? Now, you'll often see people on YouTube asking, should you do a YouTube channel in 2020 as, as a question and as a guide? And this episode is going to focus specifically on a photography YouTube channel. But you could, of course, apply it to any YouTube channel. So I think it's probably going to be a very useful episode for you if you were even having an inkling about doing a YouTube channel. And of course, if you have no interest in doing a YouTube channel, then it might be a bit of a boring episode for you, and I do apologise. Just a few things to mention before we start. I would really appreciate it if you could leave a review on iTunes. If you listen via iTunes, that would really help the show out. That's all, so let's get started. So, a bit of background. I have a photography YouTube channel, and I've been doing that for many years now, and I have a full-time job as well, so... I do both. My YouTube channel is monetized, but I don't make a great deal of money out of it. And I never did it for making money because I was realistic and I knew, and I, knew I wouldn't make money. I knew I wouldn't become full time on YouTube, but I liked making videos and actually making videos was what got me into photography. For me, it seemed a very convenient marriage of the two there. I started this podcast because I wasn't quite satisfied with things on YouTube. I wanted a wider discussion and I wanted it to be easier to have that wider discussion. I wanted long discussions. It's very difficult to do a, a 12 minute, 16 minute, 20 minute, 30 minute video on YouTube. I know some people do it. I find it difficult. I have a bit of a budget in terms of time. I have a full-time job. I have a family. I have other things to do other than YouTube and the podcast. And I get to a point where I have to say, right, that's all the time I've got. So I've got to quickly get this episode done, filmed, etc. and etc. And the same with the podcast, although the podcast maybe for the length I do isn't as intensive as YouTube. To make a 20 minute podcast, it is quite a lot of effort. It's more than 20 minutes, certainly. It's probably more than an hour, in fact. But to make a 20 minute YouTube is substantially more. So my longer thoughts are always on my podcast and shorter things tend to go on YouTube. And, and sometimes I'll put the same sort of idea on both. But the question of the episode is should you start a photography channel on YouTube in 2020? Well the short answer is maybe because there, there isn't really a short answer. If you want to do it to gain money I'd probably say no. I'd probably say don't bother. If you want to do it for other reasons then maybe. The reason I say don't bother for money is because when YouTube started to expand anyone could make money on YouTube and you don't make a lot of money but anyone could qualify for a monetized channel but then something happened on YouTube and they took that away. To qualify for a monetized channel you need 1,000 subscribers and 4,000 hours of watch time in a year. Now I have 8,600 hours of watch time in 2019 and I have more than 1,000 subscribers. So I passed the bar when I started to monetize on my channel, again, which wasn't much money, there were no restrictions. So I can tell you, you won't earn a lot of money 
doing it because I know exactly how much you're going to earn. Now, I think I'm prohibited from talking about how much you can earn on YouTube. Some people do very well. Some people, it's their full-time job. For me, it's hardly anything. So it's likely you would have to put in a lot of work to start to get money that you're happy with. So if it's a purely financial thing, I'd really say don't bother. So why did I start a YouTube channel? Well, I liked making videos. So I got into making videos and I really liked it and I got into making videos because I liked films and stuff. And then when the technology became cheap enough and readily available, I started to make films and I really liked it. And I made a variety of short films, but it was just me. And it was really difficult doing everything with just me. But I persevered and I made a few short films. I wrote my friends in, which I can't always do. You can't always wrote your friends in for every project you want to do. And it, it just became too much. So I'd learned how to make videos and films by watching YouTube. So I thought, well, maybe I'll make a, maybe I'll just put things on YouTube. Certainly a small five minute episode on YouTube would be easier to, than doing a short film. So I started doing that and I started doing it on 80s culture. And it was quite disappointing because while the videos I think were very good and they're probably better than my output at the moment in terms of quality, no one watched them. That was really sad. I'm still really proud of those videos. Those videos are really good. And it was just me who made them and I went off and I interviewed people and I was really happy with them but no one really watched them. I think when people did watch them they said they were quite positive about them and then I, I just sort of had took a break from filmmaking and I had had a DSLR and some good lenses and I thought I'll give photography a go. One because I have the kit and two because it's going to be easier for me to achieve my creative vision. So I started doing photography and I really liked it, so I persevered. And then I wanted to get back making films, so I thought, well, I'll just do a YouTube channel on photography. And I thought last time I spent a lot of time making the videos really good and no one cared. This time I'm going to try a different approach and I'm going to churn videos out quicker at a lower quality because it's YouTube and I don't think anyone will mind so much. And then if my channel gets bigger, I can make my videos higher quality. So that's what I did. And not a lot happened. And then my channel started to take off and people started to notice. I started to get subscribers and it got bigger. And then I enjoyed it much more because I enjoyed seeing what people liked. And YouTube for me was an experiment and YouTube still is an experiment because what I do is I do different things and I see what works. Here's something. I did a review of something that was negative. I did a negative review. I don't think people liked it. The title was this is a fail and here's why. Now, no one would probably watch that. And I suspected that may be the case. And, and with statistics and analytics, I've confirmed my theory. So each time I'm trying something different and I'm honing my craft into making YouTube videos that people watch and keep coming back to watch. I've done an awful lot of YouTube videos and I've got a whole range of videos from various things to do with photography. And I think now I know what sells on YouTube and what doesn't. But since starting, my time has diminished. So I now have less time. So I now do things quicker, even though I know what will and won't work. But I like putting a video out, but I don't have time to commit to weekly. And that's something you would have to do if you were doing a YouTube channel. To be very successful, you have to be consistent in your output. And I'm not consistent, and I know that. And that's because I just don't have the time to do one a week. The other thing I don't like on YouTube, or I wouldn't want to do on YouTube, 
is filming myself. I'm much more behind behind the camera person. I don't want to be the star. I don't want to be holding up my camera. Hi guys, here I am. I'm here at so-and-so. This is what I'm doing today. That's just not me. Taking that approach does make things a little easier than doing it other ways, but I'm happy with the way I do it. Let's go back to that question. Should you start a YouTube channel in 2020? You're already picking up. It's probably a lot of hard work. You'd have to be consistent, but it is really nice when you help someone out. So someone will leave in the comments things like, this is just what I'm looking for. I know from your review or what you've done not to buy this camera or this is the camera for me. You reviewed it or you did a test of it and I'm going to get it or I'm going to use this service. That's really nice. It's really nice when I get lots of views for a video and good engagement. I really enjoy that. I moan about it, but I do actually like the process of making videos. I always say, oh, busy making a video, busy making a video. But I like it. Otherwise, I wouldn't keep doing it. Sometimes it seems a bit much, but I do it and I still do it because I like it. It can be hugely enjoyable. It can be fun. And you can do it quite easily because you probably have a smartphone. And if you're listening to a photography podcast, I bet you have a camera as well even if it's just your smartphone. And you don't need to film in 4K and you don't need the best lens. You can do it all with a smartphone. If you want to get a few bits more kit, then yeah, do. Kit that will transform your videos the most isn't the kit you would think it would be. You don't need a camera to get better video quality. You need a microphone that doesn't need to cost much. That can be a £10 microphone that plugs into your smartphone. And you need some lights and maybe a background. Most people think you need a better lens and a better camera. No, just a cheap microphone. You probably already have a tripod because you're a photographer. A way of mounting your phone on your tripod. Um, a microphone, I don't know if I've said that already. And a few lights to dot about here and there. Not much and you would certainly gain from that. And the quality would be better. So you can do it very easily. But something that's really quite difficult is if you're doing something and you're making a video about doing something. Let's say you're taking a portrait of someone or you're documenting taking your landscape photo. The actual filming of that means the actual thing you're doing takes three times longer. And you have to do things like establishing shots. You have to do B-roll, you have to do establishing shots, you might have to do a voiceover afterwards. So the whole thing takes a lot longer and it means that what you've gone out to do takes a lot longer as well. And I think three times longer is fair. The other thing to bear in mind is comments. People are going to comment and people's comments can be infuriating and I think every person doing YouTube would, would moan about that. You get some nice comments like I've mentioned but you get some stupid ones and you get some quite frankly horrible ones and for the average person on YouTube it's very difficult for them to distinguish between this YouTube channel is a full-time professional production and is someone's job and this one is that chap who does the podcast doing the odd YouTube video and for most people they can't tell the difference and then most people will expect your video when you're doing it at the weekend, doing it in your own time, let me come back to that time budget, don't have much time because you've got other commitments. Most people will expect the output to be the same as the professional one. And when it's not, some people will moan about that. I'll have comments like, why didn't you do this? And I had a comment like that very recently. Why don't you film the camera starting up in this camera review? I want to know how long it takes to start up from a cold start. There's two answers to that. The honest answer is I didn't think anyone would want to know. I actually filmed it, but it wasn't in focus and something happened to the sound, so I cut it out. So I think a plane went over when I was recording. You know, that little bit of footage I had on it, a plane went over overhead, so I couldn't use it. 
so I cut it out. And I, I would never have thought that anyone would want to even see that. But there's no way I would have known that. And someone pointed it out. And I wasn't too bothered about that comment. But the other thing that I'm really thinking of in that comment is you don't know what people want. People want to see all sort of things. I watch unboxing videos and people think I'm mad for that. But I find it useful just to know what's in the box. I think if I buy that... Do I need to go and buy these other accessories? Does it come with a filter thread? Does it come with a little bag? I quite like watching unboxing videos so I know and I'm prepared for a purchase. And if I need to buy anything else or there's two products A and B, well that one's better because it comes with a better bag and things like that. So you don't know what people want because everyone wants something different. So you will never please everyone, even a very good YouTube video that will have a thousand thumbs up. It'll still have some thumbs down and you might think it's the best thing ever and I might think it's the best thing ever, but someone will not like it for some reason. You'll never please everyone. So because you'll never please everyone and people are watching it all around the world, you will get some negative comments and you will get some negative behavior so you've got to be prepared for that because if if you're going to find that difficult to deal with and let's be fair I think everyone would find that difficult to deal with you know maybe don't do it I've had people complain my shots are overexposed they weren't overexposed I increased the brightness so that it looked better on a on in a YouTube video but I've had many complaints about your shots are overexposed how can you do this what you're doing did shoot in JPEG. If you shot it in RAW, why don't you fix it? It was fine, but I just put it up, the brightness on this particular video. But, there, you know, there we are. People aren't going to know that because I haven't told them. And again, coming back to that thing of it takes time. If I make a mistake, I'm talking about something. I might do, need to do three takes when I'm talking about something. And I might go to edit it and find, oh, I've made a mistake. I've spoken about the microphone, but I've called it a speaker. I'll either have to do the whole thing again, which I don't have time for, or I'll have to put a little insert to, oh, yep, I made a mistake. And I'll have to flash up the word microphone on the screen. And all those things take time. And again, if I hated all those things enough, it would stop me doing it. But it hasn't stopped me doing it because I don't hate them enough. And I still like doing videos. So for me, the balance tips in favour of making videos. There are negatives, but for me, there's more positives. But I want to go back to, it's a lot of work. And if it's a lot of work, it does mean you've got less time for photography. And that was what you wanted to do because you're a photographer. So please consider that it will eat into your hobby time. So I have X amount of time and I do a podcast and I work and X amount of time for photography. So to then do a YouTube on top, eats into that but there are other benefits you get very good at editing video which is another skill which is a useful skill to have sort of enhances your career because you can now do videos and you can now do podcasts and you can now record audio and stuff because you understand all that you can tell a story and being able to tell a story or be objective about something is quite a good non-tangible skill to have like all these things you can put them on your cv and i had put them on cvs and when i had gone for job interviews i'd said and i can make videos as well if you need me to and that was good and that was really useful and in the end i did make videos for an employer i had because i had picked up the skill from doing youtube videos i'm all completely self-taught i've watched youtube videos i've done it myself and i have a bit of experience in that i don't think it got the job for me but I think it helped me get the job it must have because I, I got the job and then I was asked to do it so there are other non-tangible benefits to doing YouTube but yeah should you do it in 2020 the other thing is it's not like there aren't many photography YouTubes around it's quite saturated there's quite a lot 
of photography YouTube channels. And if you want to do well, you need a very specific niche within that. Now, I don't really have a specific niche. I do everything. I think I do everything apart from landscape photography. Now, I've had a guest on previously, Gary from RE Photography, who weirdly... I bumped into today. Um, we were expecting to bump into each other. And that's not why I'm doing this episode today. I planned to record this episode today and it was just nice that I bumped into Gary. I was in a bit of a rush, but it was still very nice to see him. So he does landscape photography and he has a, a very specific niche. I do lots and lots of things. Now, when you have a specific niche, you have an audience to cater for. So I might do a video on an action camera someone may come across one of my youtube videos because they're interested in an action camera however because i've got a video on action cameras i've got a video on portraits i've got a video on lighting i've strayed into videography so i've got videos on microphones and things this person who wants to know about an action camera might be into extreme sports might be really keen on action cameras but they're not going to come back week in week out because they don't know if i'm going to be doing a video on action cameras my channel is not action cameras my channel is big g photo and it's just a general photography channel so i haven't got a huge number of subscribers because i'm not specific enough i suspect if my channel was purely on street photography or purely on fashion photography or just one of those things and every week i did not every week so every video was something connected to those even if it was gear for fashion photography or fashion shoots or editing fashion shoots if it was around that niche within photography I'd probably do a bit better but my aim when I started my YouTube my photography YouTube channel was to cast the net wider because when I had been very specific I hadn't done very well so I decided against chasing down a specific area and I quite like doing lots of things in photography so it, it, it suited me however I would say if you are going to do a photography YouTube channel, define your niche before you start and stick to your niche. I'm going to come back to gear and there is a temptation that when a new product comes out, you should buy it or get hold of it to review it for your YouTube channel. Because if you waited six months a year, that interest will have dropped down, obviously. So what tends to happen, the bigger YouTubers, they'll be either sponsored by a company who's released something, or they'll be given it to review, or they just go and rent it. Now, one YouTuber who I watch, they're American. They do a very, very specific niche of photography, and they did a video on how much they earned. And they said, oh, last year I earned $36,000 on from YouTube. And I was thinking, wow, that is really good. Well done. And they said, but I spent $35,000 on stuff because every time a new camera came out and what their niche is was, was very expensive and had quite a lot of new products, they bought it. They were the first to have everything and they got lots of views and therefore a high income from YouTube. But then actually it was covering what they were spending. So while they made lots of money, they spent lots of money. So you've got to consider that. So if you don't want to be buying new kit, well, don't do reviews. There probably isn't much point reviewing things that are old unless you go down the approach of this in 2020. Canon 5D original in 2020. I'd still recommend the Canon 5D original. I've got it. It's very good. Canon 5D original in 2020. But you can't always do that because you'd basically be a retro photography channel. So you've got to think very carefully 
if you don't have the newest gear and you're not going to keep buying the newest gear and why should you then you'd have to do either vlogs where you go out and do something and show the results or tutorials or observations on things so you'd have to think about what to do and again thinking about what to do takes time and you need to budget for that i've gone into london specifically to shoot a youtube video well it's cost me train fare i've had something for lunch i've spent 20 quid already and i don't mind that because i enjoy doing it but i suppose the point i'm getting at is doing a photography youtube channel probably will cost you money because you'll be going out to do things even if it's quite cheap it's going up a hill to take a nice picture a landscape photography well you still got to drive to that hill you still got to have a good camera you know there are incidentals that will soon add up so it will cost you money and you've got to factor that in too if you if you really want to spend that if you're going to go up that hill on a saturday bear in mind what i talked about earlier in that it will take you longer to do what you're going to do while documenting it so i'm going to keep on with youtube i'm going to keep on with podcasting because i i like doing them and that is my motivation for doing it i don't earn any money from the podcast for a long time this podcast cost me money and i made a switch so it stopped costing me money and i'm happy to keep going podcasting can be expensive and it cannot be expensive i don't know which has cost me more out of the youtube and podcasting probably the podcasting because the youtube videos do earn a little bit which covers my my basis so to speak so i've talked about should you do a photography youtube channel in 2020 and honestly i can't answer because it's your decision but I've talked about I suppose mainly I've talked about my thoughts on doing a photography YouTube channel in 2020 what to look out for what the pitfalls are and I suppose looking back into the episode and thinking about it I probably talked about more pitfalls than than more pluses simply because it's very difficult to quantify all the pluses I do it because I get a good sense of satisfaction out of it I like to create something, put it out there and say, yes, I've done that. And for me, that is bigger than the negatives that you get with doing YouTube. And in my notes before the show, I did write down, does it have to be YouTube? Because there are alternatives to YouTube. There's Vimeo, there's things like Dailymotion. There are other places you can put your video. You can host them on your own website. You don't have to put them in another company's ecosystem and structure. But you might find if you put it on something less well known than than YouTube, that people don't watch it. And if people don't watch it, you need to think, would you be disappointed in that? If you spent time making a video and no one watched it, how would you feel? And the answer is, for me, I wouldn't feel happy. Because if you make something, thing you want someone to appreciate it or certainly that's how I feel and I know how I felt the first time I did my YouTube channel and it didn't really get many views so need to think about that if you take a photograph it's different because you might put your photograph up on the wall and you might see it every day and you might walk past you might stop and look at it and think that's a good photo I did that you don't get that sense when you put a video on YouTube though because you don't see it every day it gets lost amongst all the others it's a different level of satisfaction i hope you found this episode useful i don't know what you think but i would love to know what you think so please let me know please don't forget to give a review of this podcast on itunes it would it would help me out and thank you goodbye